All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Random Banter Podcast. This is episode 51, and I have with me today a very, very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name's um, Jack Lepiars. You might know me as Jacques Whipper, or you might know me as Side the Sword Swallower's roommate when we were both in Colorado. I know he was on the show not too not too long ago. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I... I Actually, didn't know that. That's really cool. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so we've got Mr. Jacques Z. Whipper on the podcast. Uh, very happy to have you on today just to hear about all of your experiences that you had over your uh, performing career. And uh, speaking of that, I'm just curious, how did you get into performing? That's, I mean, that's that's pretty simple. Is um, I grew up in the circus. My dad was a circus performer, still is a circus performer. Um, and so I started performing with him at Ren Fairs when I was like six years old. Um and then, you know, over the course of a childhood growing up in the circus, you pick up circus skills, um, you, you know, basically performing with your, you know, in my case with my dad kind of became his way of babysitting me. You yeah. Know, you put yeah. them in the show, you know, then you've always got an eye on them. Right. Um, and so uh, for me, it just, you know, kind of, you know, I just picked up these skills as a kid. And then when I was, you know, younger, when I was in college, I was like, all right, well, you know, I can go get a job working you know, scooping ice cream, making eight bucks an hour, or I can just, you know, put together a show and, and make a lot more money for a lot less work. And it's, you know, right. it's seasonal work. So, it's, you know, you got to save your money. But um, once, once I started performing, doing that, it was, it was pretty, pretty clear that that was a much better way for me to make money. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you like started uh, working on your craft or whatever it's called, um, uh, did you have like a mentor or someone that like taught you or did you just figure it out on your own? Um, it, yes and no. I mean, so my my dad obviously was kind of my my earliest influence as a performer. Um, what I've done in other situations is I've never really been comfortable with like the mentor mentality, I think, just because I didn't want to look up and I look up to and idolize someone in that way. Right, and so I wanted to kind of just do it, do it my own way. I figured I, you know, I probably a little bit of hubris. I was like, you know, I know how to do this. Um, yeah. But then it's, I, I've watched certain performers over the years and I've had these kind of aha moments watching yeah. other performers. So one that I always like to give credit to is Paolo Garbanzo, who's a good friend of mine now. I've known since my first year performing solo which was we were doing a show in the pouring rain in Connecticut. It was a small show, wow. not a lot of people there. And I was just miserable. I was like, I don't want to be here. I'm making yeah. like 20 bucks. You know, this is not worth my time. And Paolo's out there on stage, just like you can see the joy he has for performing. He's still doing, a, you know, you, you would have thought there were 500 people there instead of right. 25. And I was like, oh, okay. You have to, you know, you have to have that joy for being on stage. And then there was another performer I saw, uh, I want to say the next year, um, who I actually knew growing up, uh, his name is Johnny Fox. He was a sword swallower. Um, and he had this just rapport with the audience. The way he would talk to the audience was really just calm, gentle, always in control, um, and just super comfortable. And I was like, oh, that's how you talk to a crowd. It was almost almost stand-up comedian-esque. And I think right. that's informed the way that I do what I do. And then over the years, you know, I'll, you know, there was a year that I watched a lot of Eddie Izzard. And so I started moving like Eddie Izzard. There was a year yeah. that uh, I was watching a lot of John Mulaney and I started, you know, kind of telling stories like John, you know, doing that. Right. Are you kidding me? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> 
so it's it's you know there I, I don't say a mentor but i've had a lot of influences you know? right yeah yeah i i mean going off on a little bit of a tangent here since you mentioned john mulaney i i i guess i'll bring this up so uh in my entire life the two people that i have been compared to that i sound and talk like are john mulaney and you <laughs> and okay. i don't know all right i don't know why like even more the even more than my siblings like i don't even i don't know why um but yeah <laughs> does your does your voice get sing-songy at time like it you know does, you start going up and down yeah and it does like do that yeah. it does do that sometimes and i think that that i think that might be why um but yeah anyway getting back into the questions and stuff like that um so this just occurred to me would you mind explaining just what you do to anyone who's oh, yeah. listening that might not know <laughs> so I've, what i do i think you know the 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 thing that i've gotten known for is um, I will I will take two whips. I crack the whips to make a beat, and I sing songs to that beat. And the you know the 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 specialty that I have is you know growing up doing improv is I can generally make up song lyrics on the fly. So you know you give me a song, I will turn that into what I call a whippy song. Um, somehow make it whip related or related to my character in some way. So like yesterday, uh, someone asked me to do the the thong song by Cisco. And so for me, because I play a French character with a stupid drawn on mustache, um, is I made it a, a, a long series of jokes about how poor my, how, how basically anyone who's actually French and sees my character will say, no, that's not what French people sound like. They don't say <laughs> wee wee or ho ho ho. So for me, it was still was like, I don't care. Let me say that. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> so that kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, how can we make this into, into a whip song? And then besides that, that's what gets posted on the internet. I also have, you know, 45 minutes more material that is scripted, that is other tricks. Right. Uh, that, you know, I don't put on the Internet because you got to come see the show in person. To see that. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So out of all like those um, tricks or stuff or whatever you've done, what do you have? Uh, do you have a favorite one that you uh, enjoy to that you enjoy to do or one that gets like, I mean, not the best reaction, but one you just you just find the most joy in doing? So uh, there are a couple answers to that. I mean, the coolest one is the fireworks at the end of the show. Um, yeah. that is easily you know you, you add fire and and a whip and it's like okay cool that's awesome oh, yeah. um, what i like about the musical whipping is it's always different because i'm taking audience requests so it's a chance right. for me to be creative do different stuff um, but i think the routine that i like the most um because i think it encapsulates my character and my style of comedy is i have a bit about halfway through my show uh where i whip dangerous animals uh, emphasis on the quotations around dangerous animals. They're stuffed yeah. animals. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's target work with a whip, um, but I play it completely straight the entire time through. Mm. Um, and that I, the the camp that goes along with that routine, I think, kind of encapsulates the character that is Jacques Whipper, which is no, I'm totally French. Don't mind that the mustache is. is right fake and not even done all that well you know yeah it, it, it's that kind of style of comedy yeah yeah no i like that yeah so out of like your um your musical whipping songs like when did when did you like get that idea when did you start doing that like when did it just like click like this is a great idea to do i want to say it was 2009 or 2010 um so i was i was for lack of a better term jamming with another whipper um <laughs> And I'm, I was sitting there and I was doing what we would call a fast figure eight, which is you crack the whip very quickly in front of you and behind you. So I'm just 
I'm just standing there doing that on repeat, just going bum, 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 bum. And he had a whip too. And he just, he has a, another crack. So suddenly it becomes bum, 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 bum. Oh. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait, keep that going. And we started singing, we will rock you. Yeah. Uh, but we made it, we will whip you. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is really funny. I was like, I wonder if we can do this with other songs. And then I yeah. realized that every pop song, uh, almost every song period is just a four, four B. Just oh going, yeah. Boom. Boom. And that, that'll make the beat for you. Yeah. Um, and so for a while it was just like a special silly thing we would do sometimes if there were like an after hour show. But then I realized that it was a great way to be loud at the start of my show. And it was a great way to get some audience interaction early in the show. And so I yeah. made it the opening of my show, basically the opening crowd work as a way to build the crowd because Ren fairs most of the time you go out there and you don't have a full crowd. You have to do five right. minutes of kind of like easy stuff that's loud, right. that'll get attention, get people to come in. And that was what that became. Oh. Um, and now it's, you know, what people come to the show expecting to see. So I got to yeah. keep doing it. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So out of the um, all the audience like suggestions that you've had, what is what is like the weirdest off the wall one that you've ever had? Um. The most niche one I got was KMFDM's Megalomaniac, uh, which is a song that I'm, I don't know if you, have you ever heard of this song? I have not. Okay. So this is a song that was off the 1997 Mortal Kombat Annihilation soundtrack. Oh, that that movie sucked. (laughs) <laughs> it was so bad. It was so yeah. bad. But I was like nine years old when it came out. And yeah. so I, you know, I loved it. And of course, I loved the Mortal Kombat song. Right. You know, like everyone does. Uh, so I got that soundtrack. And there are actually a lot of really good songs on that really? soundtrack. Like if you're if you're into like techno music, there's a lot on there. Um, but even like, so basically somehow it came up where I was in a space where I guess I had listened to that, that album again recently and yeah. someone requested that song. And I'm like, Whoa, wait, wait, are you talking about that song from that? You know, like I had to, I had to make sure that I wasn't imagining what they said. Right. So that's by far the weirdest one I've gotten the most niche one. Yeah. Aside from that though, I mean like everyone's got, you know, weird ones that they'll ask for flight of the bumblebee. I've yeah. gotten Ave Maria a bunch of times. <laughs> Um, you like, like weird ones. And I like those cause they're unique. Yeah. They make me kind of get out of my, my comfort right. zone or my right. normal zone, which is, you know, okay. What pop song are we going to do on this show? Right. I think my personal favorite one that I saw someone re, uh, request was the, uh, Sephiroth theme from oh, Final yeah. Fantasy. Oh yeah. That one was. Yeah, apparently that was just perfectly in that niche where everyone thought that I had probably gotten it a bunch of times. Right. Um, and so they didn't request it. And then other people had never heard of it. It was like in that perfectly niche area. I've had to had to stop accepting that because it gets requested every show. Really? Now. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That I mean, that definitely says something about the the popularity. The rent fair crowd. One. Yeah. Bunch of nerds. I, apparently. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I go. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. So you were on um, America's Got Talent at um at some point so i'm just i'm just curious about that experience like what was all of that like being up on stage in front of all of those people that was probably the most nervous i've been uh in at maybe ever in my career but certainly yeah. in, a, in in recent memory yeah um, i don't blame you. It, it was it was it was two days of filming um 
12 days the first day, 13 the second day. It was a lot of, you know, like you'd film something with them. They would interview you for an hour. You'd go back to kind of like the waiting room, stick around, um, you know, wait maybe another hour. You get called to do something else. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of that. Um, what was really nice was I was there at the same time as Adam Winrich, who's another Ooh. whip cracker um, yeah. and who who's also a friend of mine. So yeah. like, he and I just hung out. He fixed my whips before I went out. He actually had been making me a whip um, that I That's added cool. and, and, and was going to use in the show until yeah. they threw me the curveball. So I think a lot of people assume that the, you know, Terry yelling out that I should use Simon for that trick. They assumed that that was planned and scripted. And let me tell you, if that was scripted, they did not tell me. Uh, <laughs> it was news to me. Yeah. Um, so I was ready to do that trick uh, of uh, the target in between the legs. Right. Uh, in between my own legs. And that requires a very specific kind of whip um, that I had just gotten from Adam. Right. Uh, but lo and behold, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lo and behold. Yeah. It was kind of like I had everything set that for what I needed. Like there was a part of my brain that I was like, okay, just in case someone's like, no, you have to use one of the judges. Let me set this other whip that I need for that trick. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, I was, I was, I was, I really did not want to use Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 fair. He's definitely like, <laughs> he's definitely a very interesting judge um, yeah. on the show. But yeah. So um, going off on a completely different tangent here, um, I just was looking at your Instagram not too long ago, and I saw that you did some research with uh, Northeastern University. Yeah. I, it it seemed very interesting. You were like in a full suit. I'm just curious, like what what was that? Like what was that about? So I'm, uh, it's funny, I'm the third whip cracking performer who's been invited to do that. So Adam did that many years ago. There's mm-hmm. another woman, April Jennifer Choi, uh, very good whip cracker who, who got to do it, I think, out in Arizona. But so they, they're researching kind of how the human body moves, um, mm-hmm. how it exercises motor function, yeah. um, and specifically looking at non-rigid objects. So, you know, if you think of like a baseball bat or a cane, that's a rigid object, doesn't change shape. But a yeah. whip, you know, changes shape. So they wanted to see how um, they've been having like students come in to see how novices interact with a whip. But then they wanted a professional to come in and say, OK, how does your body move compared to these people who've never cracked a whip in their in their life? Um, right. And so they had me in this skin tight suit with all the the, you know, the electrodes on so they can track and see where how my body is moving, what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and. It was a lot of fun. Basically, they had me there like, okay, you're just going to hit that target 50 times with this whip. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, I saw you in that like full suit and I was like, that's really interesting. I just am really curious to hear about that. Um, yeah, it was a yeah. lot of fun. I know it takes them a while. They were saying they, they are just presenting the data from Adam's visit six years ago. So, oh, wow. That's, so, yeah, that- yeah, it's the scientific process in action. So that does take like a good bit of time. Yeah. So um, going off on another a little different thing here. So you um, I saw that you broke a, a Guinness World Record um, a while ago. And I uh, so just talk about that a little bit. I'm, I'm just curious, curious about that. Yeah. So I actually I've set four of them. You set four. Uh, April, oh, yeah, wow. April uh, actually broke one of them. Um, and then Adam and I went back on the other one. So yeah. I've set two different records. One of them I've set three times. And that's wow. the one that I have now, which is most bullwhip cracks in one minute. Um, so that's basically, you have to have a six foot whip. has to be, you know, all size and, and length, you know, requirements um, on it. And so 
when I initially went for it, I've done, I've, I've attempted it four times. I got it three times. Um, the first time the record was 257 cracks. I only did 250, but I counted wrong and I thought I got 260. Wow. Um, so I got really excited and then, uh, very disappointed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I think Adam saw that I tried to break his record. So he rebroke it. He did. He got (laughs) 267. Um, and I was looking, I was like, all right, you know, I was like, would you mind making me the the whip that you use to break the record? Same right. exact same whip. And he, and, and he was, he's a great guy. He made the whip um, and said it to me. And then with that, I did 278. Uh, he did it again. He did 283. I did it again. I did 280. I'm looking 289. Wow. Um, and then most recently was 2020. Uh, I basically just like didn't stop training after I got 289. I just kept training. Yeah. Um, put on about 15 pounds of muscle and got 298. Whoa. Holy crap. And that's in a minute. One minute. So it's about five cracks per second. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like my upper body looked like Chris Evans in the first Captain America movie. (laughs) Um, and then as soon as I stopped training, I dropped almost 20 pounds. Oh Um, yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Yeah. No, I, that is insane. Yeah. That's yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. Well, congrats to you for that. Yeah, <laughs> Thank that, you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to react to that. I'm not even close to that. I don't even know how to crack a whip. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, but it, yeah. Well, my, my thinking was I wanted to set it because I, it's a very physical, at this point, it's such a physical record to break. Um, right. I wanted to set it and I, I'm not getting any younger. I'm in my thirties now. Yeah. Um, was I, I was like, you know what, let me, let me train real hard. Uh, see if I can put this as far out of reach so no one can ever break it ever again. Uh, Or if they do want to break it, the barrier to entry is going to be so high that it's just not going to be worth it. Right. Because I trained for two years and the last year that was working working out six six days a week. Um, Oh my gosh. Eating like 4,000 calories a day to bulk and all that. Like it was, it was ridiculous. That was, it was basically my, my COVID pandemic project was me just like, okay, I'm going to work out every day. Right. Yeah. Hey, that's a good, that's a good thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. That is insane. Wow. That, yeah, that is, that is fantastic. Yeah. So before we get into like, um, another segment that I do on the show, I'm adding in another Mm -hmm. question that I didn't put on the sheet. So I apologize about that. No, no, Um, no, no. I don't, I don't mind it at all. Yeah. Would you, would you real quick mind explaining like how a whip works for anyone that doesn't know? Yeah. So the way a whip works, there's there's a whole bunch of ways to, to approach this, but I'll start at kind of at the baseline, which is uh, the real simple answer is the tip of the whip travels faster than the speed of sound, uh, 768 miles an hour. And when Whoa. it does that, it makes a sonic boom. So basically the tip is fasting, traveling faster than its own own sound. And that's what makes the loud crack sound. People think it's the whip hitting something. It is not. You can have the whip in the middle of the air hitting absolutely nothing and it'll it'll still make that sound the way you get it to make that sound um is what is it it's the law of the conservation of momentum which is the idea that momentum cannot be created or destroyed it can only be transferred so in the handle of the whip you have generally some heavy some heavy kind of weight or you know uh a railroad spike, you know, a metal rod, something yeah. to give the handle a little bit more weight. And then as it goes down the length, um, it gets thinner, it gets lighter, thinner, lighter, thinner, lighter, until the point where basically the momentum it took to move the handle that speed 
uh, will then move the tip of the whip that much faster. That's what gets it to uh, move at such a velocity. I yeah. think I did that decently, but if there are science teachers listening, they might cringe. A little. I have, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, that would definitely be a question for science people. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you said it was 700 and what miles an 68 hour? 68 miles an hour at sea level. Don't ask me what it was in Colorado at oh, know, yeah. 7,000 feet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But they, it is is over 700 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's really cool. So um, switching into some of the little like rapid fire questions that I, that I do at the end, we get to know like we get to know yeah. the 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 whipper behind the whipper. Um, so I I uh, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite food? Um, so I have I, I'm I got when I was training for the world record, I got in the habit of eating like the same chicken, rice, and broccoli every single day. So that's what yeah. I eat every day. But that is not my favorite food. I think my favorite my favorite guilty pleasure of food is Utz salt and vinegar chips. I yeah. love salt and vinegar chips especially the Utz brand because they've got like that little hint of lemon somehow I don't know yeah uh but that's up there otherwise uh any kind of lemon with salt just is I love it yeah all right I used to eat limes straight with salt as a kid and now my my teeth are awful it's like (laughs) the worst thing you can do for your teeth and I eat straight limes straight limes limes. well with salt with salt oh of course of course yeah you can listen I never got scurvy as a child, and I, I think that's the reason why. Yeah, there, hey, that is that's a win in my book for that. <laughs> yeah. So, what about uh, favorite? Do you have a favorite movie or TV show? Either or. Um, I think right now, like every now and then, uh, with TV. Oh boy! Oh, I think. I'm still like, I'm still just in love with Stranger Things at this point. Ooh. Like, yeah, yeah, season four, like seasons two and three weren't as good. Season three yeah. especially wasn't as good as, as the others. But season four, like kind of reminded me, I was like, oh, that's why I really, really like this series. Yeah. Um, so Stranger Things is up there. Uh, if we want to go like classics from when I was a kid, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho would be up there. Oh, um, I loved that show. Um, I just reread the manga uh, back in the spring. Yeah. And as far as movies go, so movies are tough. Like I'm, I'm not great with like, what's your single handedly favorite thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But I can always give you like movies that I have really enjoyed. That you enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. And so for that, I'm going to go back to uh, go back to the nineties. Uh, the Adams Family movies with Raul Julia. Oh, the two of them. I just like I can come back to those at any point and rewatch them because they are they are funny and unlike a lot of the movies of that time period, they still stand up. Yeah, um, yeah. like none of the, none of the comedy, at least that I can remember. We watched it again a couple of years ago. Right. Um, none of the comedy. Like sometimes you watch a movie from back then, and you're like, ooh, that joke. You can't tell that joke anymore. Uh, right. I don't yeah. remember anything like that in those movies. Yeah. 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 So going back to one of the things that you said uh, said a little bit ago with the Stranger Things thing, do you have a favorite character um, from Stranger Things? Oh boy, um, I'm trying to think. Like over the years, what has it been? I I think Will was my favorite for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Steve Harrington has slowly become one of my favorites. I didn't like Dustin at first. Dustin, I've started to enjoy a lot more. Yeah. Um, I think I think for now it's Steve Harrington. 
but I'm pretty sure Steve Harrington is going to die in season five. I so really I'm hope to... I I hope he doesn't. I don't want to get too yeah. attached. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to get I'm too trying, attached. I'm trying to just like keep my expectations low. I was like, that happened with me with Eddie, and then they full on did his thing, and I was like, oh. <laughs> like we should have expected it because like so the the legitimate criticism of Stranger Hit things that I hear all the time, uh, which is totally fair, is they're great at bringing in a character for one season and then just killing them off. Yeah, um, like and Barb, the fans, Bob, and yeah. Eddie. Like it was, yeah, yeah, uh, and Alexi as well. Oh yeah, uh, oh, oh, I forgot three. about yeah. Alexi. I love I Alexi. About Alexi. Yeah, because everyone forgets about season three. It's fine. Yeah, um, but it was like I was like, I, I I'm pissed at myself that I didn't see it coming that Eddie was going to die because I was like, Oh, of course he was going to die. But I think like he just got so much more focus than they usually right. do. Like Barb, honestly, like Barb went out in, like episode two or three. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, she didn't really have that much screen time. She was just kind of like the no, friend. No. And like Bob was there, but like Bob was just like kind of there. He wasn't right. you know, a huge part of the story. Same thing with Alexa. Like they were they were ancillary parts, whereas Eddie was kind of like the inciting event of season four. Yeah. Yeah. Where like if you took the other characters out, like it probably still could have happened, but like Eddie's full thing was like he was part of the story. Yeah. No, I yeah. I fully I fully get that. Yeah. So um going back to another one of the little things that you said, um you mentioned uh Yu Yu Hakusho and like manga. And I'm I'm curious, do you are you an uh an enjoyer of like manga and anime and stuff like that? Not a ton. I mean like I think like every every boy uh growing up, I watched a lot of DBZ. Um, yeah. I watched Dragon Ball Super when I had my shoulder surgery right after the the world record and I, I right. couldn't do anything else. <laughs> um but I, I never read, I think Yu Yu Hakusho is the only manga uh, okay. I've read. Yeah. Um, Yu Yu Hakusho, I think like I discovered it when it was, before it was even on like Cartoon Network in the afternoon, it was on Adult Swim at night. Uh, so oh, it was okay. one episode every Saturday night. Yeah. And I stumbled upon it one night and I, like, I was just at that point where I was aging out of DBZ where I was like, oh, Dragon Ball Z is stupid now. Yeah. Uh, I was probably like 15 or 16 years old. And then this came out. I'm like, oh, this is like a more grounded, more adult DBZ where they actually say slight bad words. I love it. Like it was like it it was that perfect spot for me. So I got a lot of nostalgia for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely fair. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going into another one of the little segments that I do on the show. Um, It's called Random Records. Basically, this is a segment where I talk about what music that my guests have been listening to just to share all the different kinds of music oh, that God. people have, oh, people God. have been listening to. No matter <laughs> no matter what, no matter what kind of music it is, I'm always curious to hear because we've had such a range um, with all the different people that I've had on this show so far. So I'm curious, Jack, what kind of music uh, do you enjoy listening to? I am going to pull up um, my my Spotify history at the moment. Um so let's see, uh, there's been a, re- a, a series, a playlist that is just a, a, a series of Seven Nation Army remixes. Uh, some of okay. them are good. Some of them are not. Um, and then my workout playlist, which probably gets the most work, is honestly, it's like metal covers of songs that like you've heard before. Like I have the Tetris uh theme song yeah. covered by power glove that is my opening song i want to make that into like a whip song <laughs> yeah, uh, but that that's going to cool. take some actual work um the imperial march meets metal by e-rock he's awesome. okay <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. one wing and angel the sephiroth theme song obviously um, 
the Cantina Band from Star Wars, the old yeah. X-Men theme song, um, the old Spider-Man from 1967 theme song. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a lot of like random stuff like that. And then a few right. other random songs, a lot of Street Fighter covers. Uh, yeah. Music of Street Fighter 2 is, is on yeah. there. So it's, I would say that is my go-to a lot of the time. But otherwise, I kind of move around depending on like where I'm feeling what yeah. I'm doing. Like no, I've got yeah. Lady Gaga in my, in my, I've, I'm also such a dinosaur. I still have like music stored on my phone that I import from iTunes. So like, uh-huh. I've got a lot of Lady Gaga on there. I've got <laughs> a lot of, Oh, here's, here's the big, big uh, let me give you my, like top two in terms of bands or top three. Okay. Which would be Arctic Monkeys, um, Fratelli's and then Green Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was 16 when American Idiot came out and that's just like, like that is forever. Like if you, you're like, drop me on a desert Island and you're like, you can bring one album. It's American Idiot. No question. about it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, ironically enough, the, um, you talking about all the, the, uh, heavy metal covers of songs. So that reminds me a lot of my roommate. He listens to like moonlight Sonata, but like is an electric, electric guitar. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, that's really all I have um, on this episode uh, today. It was pretty short. Um, actually, no, it wasn't that short. It was like a half an hour. So um, one little quick thing before we log off. Something I do on every episode is I have my guests give a shout out to my friend's dad, Chad Hankins. So, do you want so, do you want like the, the the classic news voice for this this shout out? Sure. Yeah. Of course. Right. Whatever you want. So yeah. And this right here, we just wanted to take a moment and just say thank you to Chad Henkins, uh, the number one supporter of this podcast and the father of Ethan's uh, roommate. And so we just want to say, Chad, thank you for all your support. Hope you're doing well and hope to see you soon at a show featuring Jacques the Whipper. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you so much for that. But yeah, yeah. So um if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. Um, would you like to like plug any social media stuff like that at the end? here? Yeah. So, uh, what, when is the episode going up? Uh, this episode is probably going, so, uh, we're, we are recording this on the 29th. I'm assuming it's going to be going up next week. I want to say next, next Saturday or Friday or Saturday, probably next weekend, uh, around there. Um, well that's, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so if you want to see my show, my schedule always lives at jackthewhipper.com. You can follow me on TikTok, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, Cameo, Patreon, as I like to say, all the platforms except for one or two. Yeah. We know which one or two those are, MySpace <laughs> and the other ones. Yeah. Um, we, I'm also just launching a uh, plushie of yes. Jack the Whipper. Um, it's Friday, October 6th. It's only a five week engagement though. You got to get them before I think it's November 10th. Uh, you can find the details for that on my socials, in my link tree, on my website, jackthewhipper.com, jackthewhipper.com, jacklepiars.com. They all go to the same place because no one knows how to spell my name. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that <laughs> that's fair. But yeah, so um, yeah, thank you very much for coming on this episode. I had a very great time. Um, my pleasure, ma'am. Yeah. Best of luck with it. Uh, oh yeah. And and keep keep on keeping on. Yeah. Good thanks. to see you. Good to yeah. see you take an initiative when you're young. That's the that's that's the trick to it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I very much enjoy um doing all of this and enjoy um sharing this with a lot of different people. But yeah, so that's pretty much all we have on this episode. This has been episode fifty one. I'm your host, Ethan Maxwell. We had Jacques Z Whipper on the podcast today. And yeah, 
Bye.